You're listening to Investify, preaching financial independence and assisting investors to achieve a more flexible and free lifestyle through smart financial planning and real estate investing. If leaving the corporate world and jumping into this thriving industry is what you desire, tune in and listen to stories of like-minded individuals who made the leap to financial independence. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to Invest to Friday. My name is Craig Kerlop, and these are solo episodes. So no alley, no guest today. You just got me, and I'm just here spitting some knowledge for you for a straight 10 to 20 minutes. So what we are going to be talking about today, we are going to be talking about the entire process of tenant screening. Now, this can work both for rent by the room, as well as traditional long-term tenants. And I just want to show you guys what our tenant screening process is like. The only thing worse than no tenant is a bad tenant. Bad tenants will cost you money. They'll increase your vacancy because you probably won't be getting paid. And they're just going to increase your stress tremendously. And this is why people back out and get out of real estate is because they get bad tenants. And the reason why they get bad tenants is usually because they don't screen them properly. So rather than just say someone is a piece of crap, we're going to take extreme ownership, take extreme accountability, and make sure that we are screening them properly. So first things first, you've got your listing up. It's in many different places. Facebook Marketplace, Zillow, Trulia, Hotpads, Roomies, Roomster, right? As many places you can possibly list it and still be able to accommodate for the people coming in. Now what you want to do is you want to set up a sort of open house for your property. Because you don't want to consistently having to spend your time canceling your plans or doing whatever for someone to just not even show up. And so typically what we'll do is we'll hold two open houses a week. And it might be like Tuesday from 5 to 7 and Friday from 6 to 8 or something like that. Maybe a weekend time during the day. And you're going to be at the house during that time, during those two hours. And you're going to let people just come in. Oddly enough, the amount of times I've done this, very few times do people come at the same time. It's very weird. I can't explain it. But don't worry about that right? Even if the other people do come and see each other there, that just shows them that there's some competition and they actually do need to move quickly. Hold an open house, let people come in. As they come in, make sure that you're pre-vetting them, right? Just naturally as human beings, we kind of judge people from coming in. I don't think you should totally judge them, but you're going to be living with this person. So I guess you have to judge them. And you got to ask yourself, do you want to live with this person? Do they smell bad? Uh, are they messy? Are they dressed messy? If they're dressed messy, they're probably going to be messy. You can take a look at their car. If their front fender's falling off, if it looks really messy in there, all that kind of stuff, then probably their room is going to look the same way. Again, you can just tell, is there alcohol in their breath? Do they have cigarettes on their breath? Are they a fun person to talk to? Are they weird? What's, what's their vibe? And so figure out whether you want this person to live with you or not in the rent by the room situation. Of course, you're going to be a little more lenient in a traditional rental situation, but you still want to uphold to the same standards. You vet them as a person. That's the first step. The second step, if they like the house, you vetted them as a person, you'd want to live with them. You got to make sure that you get their email before they leave. When you get their email, you're going to want to send them an application. This application will include a background check, a credit check, job history, their pay, their, and their previous landlord, and some other references as well. And so this is really crucial, right? Because sometimes people will just admit, most people are truthful, I'll say in my experience. Most people are truthful, but occasionally people will fib on these applications. Or they may just not even know, right? They may not even know what their credit score is. They may not even know if they have any background history. They may have forgot or whatever. I usually like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes that's, that's to my disadvantage. But, and so they fill out this application. We usually, usually use apartments.com or Cozy. It's, I think it's free. It might be really cheap. And the tenant will pay 40 bucks for the credit and background check. 
If they can't pay that $40, you don't want them as a tenant. If they can't spare 40 bucks, they're not going to pay your rent either. If they can't afford that, don't even worry about them. And so you have them fill out the application, the background check, the credit check, that stuff all comes back usually relatively quickly, usually within 24 hours. And so for us, we like to make sure a credit score is above 650. We like to see no criminal history. The only criminal history that we might be a little bit reasonable on is if they have a DUI and it's a couple of years ago or just something super minor like that. People make mistakes. And I think there's, a, there's some room for grace and forgiveness in this, but there's also some room of, hey, if, there's, if they have a felony, if, if they've murdered somebody, if they've done serious drugs or anything, that is a different story than just getting caught for a DUI or an excessive speeding ticket or, or something like that. Use your best judgment on that. And so credit check at 650, no criminal history. Now, job history is the next one. So we want to see, are they jumping around job to job? If they are, that means there's going to be some time in between jobs. If there's time in between jobs, they're not going to be getting paid. It's going to make it harder for you to receive your rent. And so ideally, they're at the same job for a while, or they're just starting a new job in the previous job they were at for a while. And ideally, you want this job to be making at least three times the rent. And so on the application, they're going to show you that. So if they don't even tell you how much they are getting paid, or it's not three times the rent on the application, you can just toss the application to a side, send them a nice note saying, I'm sorry, your income doesn't quite meet the standards that we need in order to fill this spot. I'm sorry. And the last thing you're going to want on that application is going to be the previous landlord's information. And you want the previous two landlords. The reason being is if they are really bad tenants, you don't want just the most previous landlord because they're going to want them out. So they're just going to say, yeah, they were great. Take them, right? So you want to try to get the previous two and make sure to actually verify and call them. And so once the application is in, you're going to look all that over, right? And if everything checks your boxes, you're going to move on to the next step, which is the verification phase. Now, just like a mortgage officer, you can get a pre-qualification by submitting it on honor code. You're not going to get a pre-approval until they've actually verified these things and pulled your credit and verified your employment, all that stuff. And so just like a mortgage, a mortgage broker will do, we're going to do the same thing with our tenants. So you got to make, you got to verify that credit score. If it is at 650 or if it's at 700 or whatever it is, make sure you actually look at the credit report, see their history of their credit. See if they've missed any payments. If they have missed any payments, you might want to ask them, hey, what happened? And then it's okay. I'll be straight with you guys. Like I missed a mortgage payment one time simply because I thought auto pay was on and it wasn't. And I didn't notice it. And it was on one of my cheaper houses. So I like really didn't notice it. It was just a couple hundred bucks. And I actually got like a delinquency on my credit and my credit score was impacted. Technically still is. And it's the only thing, right? So for a period of time, my credit score actually dropped probably till 660 or 670. And my wife uh, always made this funny joke that she's, I wouldn't rent to you because her credit scores are even higher. They're 700. Um, I just think it's really hard to find people at 700. But whatever your standard is, stick to it. And in the past, we've gone in at 650. And if they are at or close to 650, you really want to make sure that you're diving into that credit report and figure out what happened and understand to make sure that, that doesn't happen again and that they do not miss on their rent. Criminal history, again, we talked about. Take a look at their background check. It will come up. Take a look and see if there is anything there, what came up. Is it serious? Is it not? How do you feel about that? How would other people feel about that? If it is a serious offense, you're going to want to disclose that to other people living in the home. And so if you don't feel comfortable telling other people in the home that this person has a criminal history of some sort, then I wouldn't accept them, right? And so oftentimes people aren't going to care, oh, he got a DUI or oh, he got a speeding ticket, right? We, we've all been there. However, if we, again, if it's heavy drugs, if it's a murder, if it's a, a rape or something crazy like that, then of course you're going to want to make sure 
that he is not in your home. The third one, you're going to look at their pay stubs. You're going to ask for their last two pay stubs, just the lender would, and just confirm that what they're getting. And I usually go by the gross number. That's a rule of thumb. And so as long as their gross income before taxes is three times the rent, then they should be able to afford your place, no problem. If you want to make that number four times, you absolutely can. It just depends on the market and, and the, the tenant pool that you're getting. And then you want to make sure that you also call the employer to make sure their job is not in jeopardy. They're not about to get fired, et cetera, et cetera. Because the last thing you want is for someone to move into your place and then go ahead, get fired. And now they have no job and they can't pay you rent. So that's that verification. The last piece of verification that we're going to do is we're going to call the two previous landlords. And like I said before, you can call the previous one. And they, if it's a bad tenant, they might just say, yeah, they're great. Take them. But really like they're horrible. And so you really want to call the second most recent previous landlord and see what their thoughts are. Did they pay? And you want to ask the questions. Did they pay on time? Were they a nuisance? Did they uh, keep good care of the place? Were they asking for like maintenance requests? Were they over entitled? Just what should be a three to five minute conversation is asking those questions. Most of the time, things are cool. Check out. But if the landlord gives you a bad recommendation, I would just, I would keep on walking right? Landlord to landlord. It's a good community out there. And then oftentimes too, what we see is people coming straight from home to, to a rent by the room situation or to a new rental. If they're coming right from their mom, obviously their mom or their dad is probably going to give them a pretty good reference. You don't need to call their parents as a verification. And so you can skip that step if they are coming right from home, but just know that you are taking a risk by renting to a first time renter. So you may want to charge them a little bit more for that. There just might be some ways you want to compensate for the risk of doing that. Once one passes all that, all the check boxes, we'll send them over a lease, get a security deposit. Once that's all signed and good to go, we have them moving in. And so that is all in all what our screening process looks like. Feel free to circle back, take some notes, write that down. Again, tenant screening is just so dang important, right? It's so important because it will make or break your real estate. It will it'll be the difference between you wanting to buy the next property and not. It'll be the difference between you building wealth and seriously losing wealth. The biggest reason why people lose in real estate is because they do not have good tenants. So with that being said, uh, that concludes this week's episode of Invest Up Friday. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like these episodes, let us know by leaving us a five-star rating and review. Let me know. I'm the Fi Guy on Instagram. You can reach out at any time. And if you guys didn't already know this, we of course have a team of investor-friendly agents. We're mostly located in Denver and Idaho in California. However, we've got investor-friendly agents around the country. So feel free just to shoot me a DM on Instagram and we'll make sure to get you an investor-friendly realtor wherever you are. So thanks again so much for listening. I can't wait to see you all next time. That's it for this episode of Investify. We hope that these nuggets of real estate wisdom lead to more savvy financial planning and a clearer path towards financial freedom. For more content like this, subscribe to the show at investify.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and share it with your friends. Together, we can transform more real estate newbies into successful and clever investors. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one.